Matt Will. No L's, just sevens. This is the bliss, licking they lips, Twitter with this, minimal risk, finity shifts, ribbon off rip, quick in the hits, first on the list, this, mad well, going crazy on the daily, dropping facts like a shower in the world of rain and entertainment, yeah, another day, another pod, all these thoughts are up facade, so I had to ask him what he got, said he got a lot, said he got a lot of what, got a lot of shifts, and it's time for the daily blitz. Good morning, everybody. It's Wednesday, November 3rd, and welcome back to the Daily Blitz Podcast. I'm your host for today, John Legazy. You can get me at MLB Moving Averages or just type in NFL Moving Averages into the Bluebird Twitter machine. The main host, Han Solo of the Falcon ship here. Mr. Matt Williams is not with us, but make sure you're giving him a follow at M-A-T-T-W-I-7-7-I-A-M-S as if you weren't already. My man, Matt, is the man. He may not be with us today, but we're prepping for for the big Friday show. That is the can't miss show every single week. There is so much blood, sweat, and tears, and profit that comes from it. You know, listen, one of my favorite sayings on my Cork Stats pod is when you work this hard, it feels a lot less like luck. So if you're just new to us today, we're getting into a new routine where every single day during the week, we're going to be bringing you a show. Wednesday's show is the quick betting overview, okay? You want to take a quick look. I can generally be weary about placing bets too early because of injury right? We have Kyler Murray is questionable. So when major pieces like that are up for grabs, it's worth doing some analysis and then seeing if it's worth taking your stab in that example. If you're sure K1 is going to play, you want to bet those Cardinals. They're at minus one. But if you don't think he's going to play, you want to get on the other side. Just a little bit of the thinking, the nuance and the context that you get when you come and hang with us. I'm going down the DKSB board. We got the Falcons going to New Orleans. The Falcons are six point dogs to the Saints. The Saints have been really surprising as of lately. They did surprise me beating up on the Bucks. Defense starting to come together, but without Winston, it's a different team. They also use Kamara a lot differently. If Taysom Hill is playing, I believe he will get the start. I do think the Saints will win this one, but I'm not sure I see them as a touchdown cover. The Falcons have turned the corner a bit. Remember, they lost a huge piece like Ridley at the last minute. It's a shock. It's very hard to replace. I think with the full week, they're probably have a better game plan for Kyle Pitts, who was just getting ganged up on by the Panthers, who actually, you know, stepped up on defense. So this one I'm probably leaving alone, though my gut is with the Saints to win it. When you have that kind of feeling, worried about the spread, you go back and check the board. Saints are minus 250. That's a really expensive point, right? 150 bucks to gum from even for six points. Those are really expensive points. I'm really not into paying that. So unless I have that kind of conviction, I'd probably just be leaving this one alone. Next up, Denver Broncos really is such a hit or miss offense. They just traded Von Miller, so you could see they're probably planning for next year going to Dallas to face the Cowboys, who managed to get the win without Dak. I think he's good to go, and I think the Dallas Cowboys are good to go as well. Nine-point cover can be tough, but the Cowboys are a team that could do it. Denver, we've also seen get stuck in the mud. Not really the kind of high-octane offense that can come back when behind, and we've seen the Cowboys pass the play pretty well at times, especially as far as causing turnovers and the defensive line is a problem. I think the Broncos are going to have their handful. The total at 49.5 to me is extremely too high. Here's another little tip. I like to assign 30 points to the better team. That still leaves 19 and a half on the table for the Broncos. Not sure they get there. I guess the Cowboys could go above 30, but it's very hard to cap a team for above 30. A lot has to go right. Next up, the Patriots, who I have consistently missed on all year. Not just because I'm a Jets fan. They just don't have that explosive piece on offense 
and the defense has shown holes in the armor, and they've got it done when they've needed to, me being a big Charger guy. We'll get to them in a little bit. Patriots minus three and a half in Carolina. Carolina is starting to turn around as well. Donald looked a lot better this week. He had a bunch of dropped passes again, not something that I think is sticky. If Donald is making the throws, I think they'll be okay. They ran the ball well, and they got Shaq back, who made his presence felt immediately, causing an interception. He is going to be a problem for the Patriots, where they like to operate near the line of scrimmage. Three and a half is a little bit surprising for me, because I thought the public would have this one a little bit further apart, and I think that might be where my loyalty lies right now. I'm going to keep an eye on the spread and wait for that to go to four and four and a half, where I think it will. I'm going to try and maybe get behind the Panthers if it stays at three and a half. I'm probably stuck there. The number that is sticking out is the 41 total. That's extremely low. I know neither one of these offenses are that prolific, but the Patriots are scoring 26 points a game. The Panthers are good for another 21. I don't know, man. 41 feels a little bit low. We've seen the Panther offense step up at times. We've seen the Patriot offense work well off of the run game. I don't know. The 41 is really what sticks out for me. Feeling a bit low. Next up, Minnesota Vikings are six-point underdogs in Baltimore. That one probably feels just about right. The total is set at 50. Probably feels just about right. The Ravens did just give up a million points last week. But before that, I think three of the last four games, they held opponents, you know, under 20 points or so. So the defensive side is there. Plus, we know the Ravens really like to run the ball. They move slowly, like 29 seconds of play. They sustain drives. All those things kind of lead into unders for me, particularly with the total so high. So I think that's where I'm looking. If I had to go for the cover, I think I like the Ravens to cover up the Vikings right now. I think the Ravens are going to bounce back after last week. Next up, Cleveland Browns. I've been betting against them all year. Are now two and a half point dogs in Cincinnati coming off the disappointing loss to my J-E-T-S. Jets, 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 Jets. I did watch the entirety of both of these games last week. Cleveland is a disaster on offense. They run the ball really well. That's not enough when you can't pass at all. It's bad. The timing is bad. It's inaccuracy. Mayfield off his spots. Bad decision making. High throws. And then poor execution out in the field. I cannot get behind the Cleveland's Brown pass offense. I absolutely refuse until they do something different. Other side, I am a big bangle backer and the Jets did us a favor by beating the Bengals for this week. Two and a half points is not nearly enough for the Bengals who play really well on both sides of the ball. Love the defensive line. Love the offensive line. Just give me the line play. Give me the Bengals. They're much more of a complete team than the Browns. We know they could run the ball as well. They're effective passing to their running backs and then stretching the field with Chase or possession receiving more so with Higgins and Boyd. The Bengals are really dangerous team. I'm not buying anything into that Jets game at all. This might be one that you want to bet early. I think this one, right, particularly people, it's at plus two and a half, that key number. I want to get on the Bengals before it moves to three and we got to get a push on the field goal. Next up, AFC East, Buffalo Bills, two touchdown favorites in Jacksonville, total set at 49. When you look at it on paper, yes, it's hard to not see the Bills winning by 100 here. It was expected last week, though I wasn't buying that with the division game and Tua running a pretty efficient offense. I actually backed Jacksonville last week. I tend to be a week behind when I miss on my money line dog plays. If you haven't been following along on Twitter, I post four money line dogs for the outright win every week, one unit on each, then one tenth of a unit on the parlay, and then somewhere between one tenth and one quarter of a unit on the reverse parlay. And what that does is eliminate the O for four outcome, really giving you some professional 
advice here, people. I really hope you're digging it. Remember, rate, review, subscribe, get up in the comments, remind everybody how good of a job I'm doing. Back to my betting. We are eight profitable weeks for eight. The worst I've done is pick two correct out of four. That leaves you in the black, which is the goal of gambling. So there's just a little bit more. I backed the Jets a week early against the Pats. They got destroyed. They come out and win. Last weekend, I backed the Jaguars. They went out. They got destroyed. I'm worried they're going to play up to the task, but up to Buffalo, I'm not sure. Again, I did watch Buffalo play Miami. They were just a misstep here, a drop pass here from blowing the doors. Open early. That game shouldn't have been as close as it was. Stop backing Jacksonville. I won't be doing that again, but I do have my eye on the 49 total, thinking being exactly the same. Let's assign 30 points to Buffalo. I don't think Jacksonville can get to 19 the way the Bills have played and the way Jacksonville has played. It's just really, really poor. You have to keep your eye out for James Robinson. Once he went down, that ship was sunk. If he's not in, you could probably cover the two touchdowns. That's something that I generally do often. Next up, Houston Texans, six and a half point dogs to those same Miami Dolphins total set at 46 and a half. Smack right in the middle. The Texans look absolutely atrocious. However, got to keep an eye on Tyrod Taylor if he comes back. They are a competent offense. They're not great, but they're a competent offense. So what we want to be doing is trailing the spread here. We want to keep an eye on that spread. If it moves to seven and seven and a half in favor of the Dolphins, which I believe it will because of the bad team bias, the Texans are carrying with good reason. If it gets on the other side of the touchdown, don't be surprised if I am backing Taylor and the Texans, perhaps even for the outright win. When you're getting behind dogs, sometimes all it takes is going after the worst possible team. Raiders going to New York to face the Giants. The Raiders are three point favorites against the G-Men total set again smack in the middle at 46 and a half. Man, I tend to think the Raiders are the better team here. Really a much more balanced team than the Giants. The Giants struggling to run the ball. They've struggled to stop the run. The competition, you can't say it's weak for those Giants, right? I mean, they they have not looked terrible. They got beat up by the Rams, but they beat the snot out of the Panthers and then gave the Chiefs a run for their money. I don't know. I'm going to keep leaning on the fact I think those might be a bit anomalistic. I'm going to go back to the Raiders on this one. I've been backing them this year. So with the three-point spread, I do think the Raiders get it. But again, you always want to check the price. And here's a good example why. Raiders at three-point favorites feels about right. But minus 150 for the money line, right? If minus 110 is the standard and you're getting three points at minus 150, those points are only costing you $13 and change. That's a cheap point. Whenever they're below 15 in your favor, you want to get with the points. Why deal with the cover, especially on the road? And to give you one more piece of pro advice, I like keep my bets in line with the things that the management and the front offices are also in line with. What are they into? Winning games. What don't they care about? Covering spreads. So particularly with the even three, if that one were moved to two and a half, then maybe you'd get me to get it. But you have people out there buying half points, moving their minus 110 all the way to minus 135 and now it's minus two and a half when I could pay minus 150 for the outright win so there's some really good real-time lessons and how to apply them with the betting board again you know me and Matt really are not into wasting your time if you're gonna roll with us we want it to be worth every single second we got a couple more left on the Sunday main slate Chargers I mentioned I love our two point favorites in Philadelphia Hachi Machi Liberace man I'll tell you how far I must be off on the 
Chargers. I see this one as like a five or five and a half point difference. I think the Eagles are just awful. Yikes. I watched that game. Yes, they hung 44. It was the worst 44 point performance from an offense I've ever seen in my life. There's not a thing they do well. I love Jalen Hurts. I was touting him all season. He is a boss. I love to watch him play. He's extremely exciting. Reminds me of Randall Cunningham. But, oh, the happy feet. They didn't protect him. Oh, it was just a nightmare. And yes, he could work on the move, but we want him set to throw the ball. I think you're going to have to do that against the Chargers, who have been in a bit of a lull. But coming from Wall Street, just because things bottom, sometimes they double bottom. It doesn't mean that they're trash, right? They hung 47 points, the Chargers did, against the Browns that are a good defense. Then they got shellacked by Baltimore and beat up in a close one in New England. Again, I mentioned before, I taking the L on that one. I thought the Chargers were going to cover up the four. So I'm going back to the well with the Chargers and the two-point cover. That one feels pretty easy to me. That money line is set at 140, 135. If you're getting 130 or 135 again, I'd rather just pay the little bit of juice and have the peace of mind to just need to win the game. One-point wins are real. There's lots of missed kicks nowadays. Points are wonky. I'm not into points this season again because of the kicking, because of the going for it on fourth down. I'm getting away from points wherever I can. Give me the charge at minus 135. We've got two games left here. It's Maddie's Packers going to Kansas City. The Packers are one-point underdogs against the Chief. Total here set at 54. Man, I mean, what's the story? It's obviously the Chiefs and the disappointment, but if you're watching the games, they're moving all the way up the field. The Chiefs' offensive stats are just fine. They are fine. They're hustling. 26 seconds of play, leading the league in yards per drive, in time of possession per drive, and drive success rate. It's hyper-focus on the Chiefs because of the fantasy implications. They're getting down inside the 10, turning the ball over on tip popped-up tipped passes. Yes, Patty Mahomes has been a bit wild. His game is predicated on a bit of creativity. Give me the input stats, meaning give me the Chiefs inside the 10. I'll let the rest take care of it. If you think they're going to just keep turning it over inside the 5, that's on you. I'm not going there. I do like the Packers, but I'm worried about the pass D. I think Tyreek Hill is going to have a game and a half. Devontae Adams should be back. He's going to have a game and a half as well, and that's where you see the total up at 54. Though I do think the Chiefs bounce back and perhaps get it done. I mentioned betting against the quality of team centered around the quality of the quarterback play, not where you want to go against the Packers. We all know Aaron Rodgers is a GOAT. He gets that team up. They beat the Cardinals, and they had nobody on offense. You know, the, uh, they've gotten what? You have seven wins in a row for the Packers. Just really hard to doubt them. Even the defense has played better than I thought I would, particularly on the pass side, right? We thought without Harry Alexander, the Packers were going to be doormats. That just hasn't been the case. I think I'm going to leave this one alone. The entire world to be watching. It'll probably disappoint us. And if I had to take a lean, it would just be to the under. You know, the Chiefs have struggled. The Packers move extremely slow and they're very efficient. The Packers are a walking under. Last in the league in seconds per play. Second in the league in time of possession per drive. Right behind the Chiefs. Expect extended drives. Expect a lot of first downs. And that's usually to the under. Last game we got on the slate was the one I mentioned at the open. It's the Cardinals leaving the desert and heading to San Fran where they are one point favorites against the Niners. And yeah, here's one of those ones where you kind of have to plant your flag if you feel that way about K1. Like I mentioned, if you think he's going to play the Cardinals would probably be four 
Baltimore were four and a half point favorites. We saw Devontae Adams move the line three and a half points on his own. You'd have to think Murray would probably do the same. I tried to check the updates. There wasn't much, nothing in line as far as practice reports go. But if you just look at the comments on ESPN, Murray is progressing in his recovery from the left ankle injury. But head coach Cliff Kingsbury would not speculate on his availability for Sunday's game against the Niners, the official site reports. So this is really up to you. Very hard to back the Cardinals without Kyler Murray. It's a much different team with Colt McCoy. So like I mentioned, I don't know the answer. I don't know if Murray will play. I really get the feeling a guy like him, if he plays, I don't want to shortchange him. I think if he plays, he can be effective. We really haven't even seen him run a ton anyway, right? Six for 21, six for 10, seven for six, seven for one, the last four games. So Murray's been a bit less with the wheels, which is also fine. That's probably been a game script thing. This one, like I said, you got to plant your flag on Murray or not. I do like the Cardinals D, but not enough to bet them without Kyler Murray playing. So there is a run through of all of the 1 and 4 p.m. games on Sunday. Just a quick look. I think we identified a couple of probably strong plays that you might even want to get behind now. You know, these lines are going to move. I want that Bengals minus two and a half today. I don't want that shifting against me. We want to wait on the Raiders and see if it moves. Ah, my fear would be it moves to minus three and a half where you have to like it a lot less than minus three. Remember, you could take a partial position as well. I want the Chargers at minus two before that one moves against me as well. So that is the week nine betting preview here at the Daily Blitz Football Podcast with your co-host Chewbacca sitting in the host chair for Han Solo, my man, and your favorite host, Matt Williams. Remember, follow him at M-A-T-T-W-I-7-7-I-A-M-S. You could follow me at MLB Moving AVG or just type in NFL Moving Averages or my name, John Legaza flow sharper than a razor l-a-g-h-e-z-z-a into that blue bird twitter machine any time of day any day of the week thanks so much for sticking around and picking up what we're putting down people enjoy the games enjoy your day and when you're done with the book enjoy that pay everybody peace